Hey, we're live, and I have Jeffrey. Welcome to the Dana Show, week whatever this is, and I have a special friend with us this evening. Four or five. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, well, here we are. Well, Jeffrey, say something. Hi, Dana. How are you? Long time no see. I am well. I've been trying to entertain the publics. And You've been doing have, very well. And I have a friend now, and I feel good about it. <laughs> you, you've been doing very, very well. Well, thank you. Here, so let's, let, let's, let's abruptly... so abrupt. I can't I imagine you watch daytime TV. But before Wendy Williams lost her show, right? So she went off for hiatus. The end of, like, I don't know, summer or whatever. And Jerry O'Connell, like, took her place, you know, in her studio and everything. And it was like the Jerry O'Connell show for the summer. And it did really well. And they didn't pick it up. And I don't understand why. In my mind, how we ended up this way is canceled, and the Dana show has officially taken its place. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean, that's fine. Um, I'm just saying. I just needed to think of more things to talk about. So <laughs> It's okay. We're, we're thinking Hi, about, Hector. Oh, we have Hector. Excellent. Let us say hello to Hector. He, okay. he, he goes way back with us from, like, he was a power, power morphicon with Katrina, Karen, and all of us. Glorious. Well, hello. Mm -hmm. and Fantastical. So I figured we'd just go right on in and uh, offend people with talking about religion tonight. How does that sound? I I've been doing so much of that lately. So I, I know I'm all about it. I don't know if you've seen what I've been doing. I've seen some. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I've I've wanted to kind of keep up with what's been going on with you and uh, your your TikToking, and so now I have been fully initiated into the TikTok world, and there's a lot going on there. As you can tell, I, I just randomly send you crap now in there, like in the messages. I so I love it. You, uh, you send the craziest things that make me giggle. I send but the funny I stuff. Yeah. I, I really have just kind of stopped caring what people think. And I talk about the book club and the Sky Daddy a lot. Hooray. And, and I have a lot of religious followers who don't know how to take me. And then I have to explain where I came from and how uh -huh. I ended up this way. I know that's kind of the gist of what we're going at. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we both probably have a lot relatively in common there. I mean, we both came from weirdo parents that thought that you were just a, a Roman Catholic for Roman Catholic's sake, and because they came before them and before them, and that's just what you do on Sunday is you go to the place and yeah. you eat the little Jesus cracker and you drink the Jesus water, and you tell some crusty guy in a wooden closet all the times you touched your wiener, and then you're absolved of that until the next week, so you can do whatever you want and feel better than everyone else because your your religion's the right one and everyone else is stupid. And then uh, 
you you just start again the next Sunday. And we got we got sent to Catholic school, and that continued that indoctrination there. There's nothing better, in my opinion, than taking a child who hasn't really the rational mind to form their own belief system yet, and then just fully ingrain something in their skull that they really don't have a choice of integrating or not. That that, that doesn't that doesn't. What one did great. you go to for elementary school? Did you I, go? Because in our town we had. We had a couple different ones. The, uh, most of them closed by the time we mm-hmm. came around. There was only a few left. Yeah, I was. I I was. I went to St. Mary's School first, and that that was like right before it closed. And so, like first grade through fifth grade, I went to St. Mary's, and then um, then it, it got chopped down to just an elementary school. And yeah. I got sent to Blessed Trinity School, that later became St. Joseph's, and then. I almost got sent with you to Tyburn, but I escaped that because my parents got divorced and my mom didn't have enough money to send me. That was my choice. You went there because you wanted to? I chose. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I begged in middle school to go to the public school with my friends because all Uh my friends were going to the public middle school. Right. And, my, you know, we lived on the west end of town, which was not the great end of town. Yeah, uh, you lived over up. on Jefferson, right? Jefferson, right. Yeah, Jeffrey and yeah. Jefferson. And so my mother was not having that. She was like, no, 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 no. You're going. And I didn't want to go. So finally, right. by eighth grade, she gave me a choice. Uh-huh. And But it was fine, you know? Like, I had a good time. I had this, you know, the outcast kids. So I ended up going back. And by high school, I was terrified. The anxiety about going to a large school mm. was like, mm, I don't think so. And then I, Tyburn was like, 18 kids? I can handle 18 kids. I can run that bitch. Well, let me go there. I yeah. had no... The first two years were fun, actually. The first two years were a good time. Uh, the indoctrination part, I, I could get past it. I didn't take it in too deep. But that summer in between sophomore and junior year, I changed. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a little crazy. But I thought for, I don't know about you, tell me what you thought. I thought St. Mary's, the mm-hmm. elementary school, was really, I thought, more of a nice private school. I don't yeah. ever remember it being really Catholicy, right? It was just about they, Jesus and well, do good and you go to heaven. And like I had like in my class, like I had a lot of different kids. Like I remember elementary school as being a lot better than middle school and high school. And like you said, like St. Mary's, it um I mean we had like prayer time and stuff every once in a while. Like you said, grace before lunch and whatnot, but like for the most part, nobody really pushed anything. Like there was a Jewish kid in my class. There was this girl, uh, Tiffany, and I don't think she was Catholic. I think she just went there because her parents didn't want her going to public school. Uh, there was a lot of kids like that. Like they just didn't want their kids going to public school. And it wasn't even that they really like pushed the religion. The religion didn't really get pushed until I noticed like in like middle school, middle schools where it got gross. Like, they kind of relied, I feel like, more on, like, Sunday school and, like, going to church because, like, you had um, you had St. Mary's Church and you had St. Mary's School. 
So like all the kids from St. Mary's school pretty much went to St. Mary's church and they had their little Bible class down in the basement and like the kids would go down there and listen to stories. Yeah. And so like you'd go down there on Saturday and like, or or before mass even, like sometimes they had it on Sunday at like 10 o'clock, you could go downstairs and listen to the kids mass. I was an altar server, so I didn't have to. Yeah. They wanted me to do that. I didn't want to do it. They kept trying to get me to. I would get in so much trouble. There was me, this Missy Lupo chick, and Kristen Guzowitz or something. I don't know. We we got banned from altar serving together oh, no. because we would be up there. Like, we'd get in so much trouble. You we, messed we, with? Oh, the, did you did you mess with the jingly thing while he's doing the blessing? All sorts of. Th- I dropped the cross. <laughs> oh no! Coming up the aisle. It was before they redid the church, right? Because I did it. Oh, all because I was all uh, mustard yellow. I did it all through, like, the redo of the church, like, before yeah. and after. And I dropped the damn cross. Because after they redid the church, it was, before it was a short one you had to hold up. And then yeah. after, it was a big staff. And yep. I wasn't used to it. It got caught on the damn robe. And, yeah, I tripped. Right. Oh, it was so bad. It was so <laughs> you bad. drop it, Father, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Father, yeah, Father, <laughs> da- Father Schrader, I thought that man was going to kill me so many times. I just oh, and then there was that one Father Casper. He had the grossest fingernails. They all had the fungus in there, and you'd have oh. to hold, you'd have to hold the book up when it'd be like, "Let us pray," and you're holding the book up, and all I could focus on was his gross fingernails. I'm all like, right. oh. Speaking of fingers, fun story. Um, when I was like seven years old, you know the side door that comes in, uh, where like you you come in the side door, of St. Mary's. And they had the short little, like, smaller area of pews kind of on the left of oh, the yeah, altar. they're, like, at the angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, back over there, they had, like, this big, like, five or six-foot statue of Jesus with his hands kind of stretched out. I was the one that broke his thumb off. I put it back on oh. with a Band-Aid out of my mom's purse. <laughs> that was a scandal for years. I did that. <laughs> I put it, my mom, my mom had a Band-Aid in her purse and I took the Band-Aid out of her purse and I stuck it back on. I was like six. <laughs> I don't know who to call, but I want to call somebody and be like, somebody I know should who, know. I want to, I, I know who broke Jesus. I well, you know, thumb not, right not only did I alter serve Jane, I taught religion at St. Mary's school after okay. it like closed when it was only like the kindergarten or whatever they only used downstairs. I ended up teaching third grade religion in my old third grade classroom. And was then that when, I, was that when Andy worked there as a teacher? Andy who? Collier? You don't like no. me no more. Oh. oh, I don't know. Never mind. No. I, <laughs> you don't like because I talked shit about Father Shaman. Uh, I just told the truth and apparently I was told I was um, he, he totally you know sidelined me and tried to basically say that I was showboating my me being gay and all this shit, you know, on a post. When I just said what you know, what was talked about because Father Shaman would pull us and force us to go to confession at Tyburn Academy. Mm-hmm. And he would say, Monkeys, I know you're not gonna tell me if you masturbate. Right. So yeah, right. And, yeah. and and he would say He's like, I know you're not going to tell me, so I'm going to ask you. And he would ask you if you masturbated and if you masturbated with animals. And Jen Scott was like, with yes, animals? Mas- yes, yes. So this girl, Jen Scott, was the first one. She came in and she was like losing her mind, right? And we're all like laughing. And oh, God. 
So I, I, I said this. I'm like, you know, this priest or whatever, like, I don't judge him. And he was a nice enough guy. I don't think he meant any harm by it. But it was still, in today's age, it's inappropriate, right? Yeah. What priest is going to ask a high school kid? If, none of us were thinking about that. The internet well, now, wasn't what it is today. Yeah, none right? of us saw that shit. I didn't, who's doing that? It, well, now... Why are you putting that in anybody's mind? Like, what right. are you what, what are you thinking about? What what are you watching, dude? Like, right? What what kind of VHS system you got coming in once a month? I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. And so Andy just said I was being salacious or whatever. I can't. I wish I could think of the word. I think I got screenshots of it. So immediately I went and messaged everybody that I went. To, I was like, "Do you remember?" And they're like, "Yeah, uh huh, uh huh." Cool. It was very uh. And I've always loved Andy. I loved his grandmother. She was an amazing woman. You know, there was a lot of people that I loved at Tyburn that I think were great people. I just don't yeah. think that that environment was just some people that worked there were toxic. You know? Well, I, and I think the the environment breeds those people. It's like, yeah, they feel like if they, like they, there's, well, there's 10 rules I have to follow. Uh, I do the golden rule, and if you don't like it, I can I, I can pretty much do anything else I want. Then. Like it, it, I think it, it like it gives people this almost like superhuman ability to have zero accountability for their actions because, like on paper, they look good. Like it just it's ugly. Well, yeah, you have all these preachers right now. It's going all over TikTok. There's all these videos. I can't even say what they're saying on here because YouTube and Facebook would throw us off. Uh, but they're going around in their sermons saying that gays should be taken out back, put up against the wall, and taken care of. And it goes on and on, and it's very graphic and nasty. And this is happening all around the country right now. Now, when you say taken care of... Unalived. Oh, I well, see... I thought you'd be, I thought you were, yeah. I, I mean, know. and it's, it's so intense to like watch and like listen of, of, we're going backwards so much. Yeah. And to hear that, you know, and to know. It's almost like it's like an experiment to like see how barbaric the popular like belief system can get. Like. It's like let's it's like let's just keep pushing it to see how caveman esque we can really be. Like Well and then you have people saying, Oh, the country should be run by religion and I'm like, that is so triggering uh, that God was meant to run the Yeah. No, that's not how any of this works, Lauren. Well, and that's the problem, is like there's three thousand different gods. Which god do you want to pick? Like, right. Well, <laughs> it's only their God. That's the hypocritical part of it, right? Because everybody believes their religion is the correct religion. Right. Which always blows my mind. There's no tolerance for anything. I else. love it. Ricky Gervais said one time, he was like, he, he was talking to, I think it was a, a, a Catholic priest, and he, he was like, I don't understand why you're so against religion. And Ricky Gervais says, well, I think we actually have a lot more in common than you think. And he's like, I don't understand what you mean. And Ricky's like, well, there's like 3,000 different gods, right? And he's like, do you believe in all of them? And he's like, no, there's only one god. And he's like, okay, so you don't believe in like 2,999 gods. And he's like, right. And he's like, okay, well, I only don't believe in one more than you. 
like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so it was it's like yeah like which one do you want to pick which semantic do you want to argue and the like if if you take the the christian bible like there are a, easily a dozen contradictions on any single topic that you want to go in there like are gays evil no there's a dozen examples of it saying that they're not if do you want to say they are evil sure there's a dozen examples saying well, that and they look are at the translations like, that translation didn't come around till 1946 uh, 1946 before 1946 it was about pedophiles yeah it was about laying well, it's it's insane. It's insanity. And, and then and that's just recently. Like these and are just recent Jesus. changes. White well, Jesus. Yeah, white Jesus. And that, what about the fact that this is a book that wasn't even written down until like 150 years after this actually happened? Well, like, it was just guy, like yeah. None, he just, didn't know any of the apostles. He didn't yeah. even know Jesus. What well, the thing that blew my mind that I researched after was Jesus's actual brother who was spreading the teachings of Jesus, it was between him and this dude, and they picked Paul. They picked this dude. Yeah. They picked his version of Christianity. Do it. Instead of Jesus' brother. I know. So, all right, so we, we've got a book that wasn't written down for like 150 years after the things happened. Now, you, you just imagine that. Like, so we had events that took place. Now, we're just going to say... Uh, Nobody wrote anything down from uh, the Civil War, let's say. And now, just now, we're going to start writing books about the Civil War. How accurate do you think those books are going to be? Right. Like, <laughs> we're just going to go off a of word of mouth for 150 years and then write down our best guesses on how the telephone game played out on that scenario. Mm-hmm. And then, then you want to control people, as you typically do with religion. So... You've got king after king that wants to subjugate their crowd and put in the belief systems that they want, like the King James Bible. What's that like? Like, how's that different? Like, we're, we're, all right, so I guess we adopted that one. How many versions of it were there before that? Like, how many other kings had versions? How many of those stories got adopted into the King James one? Like, how many things just got bastardized? And like, oh, but no, we can always just say that, well, through divine... uh through the God's divine will, the uh, everything was written down according to the way God wanted it to be. Like, there's always this unprovable cop-out that says that, well, no, we're just going to have faith in it because. And you can't prove us wrong because there is such an unprovable, well, because God's so mysterious. Because... Because God is so far beyond us, we could never comprehend that you're just a little primate. You can't comprehend God's will. Like It's like, how do you argue with that? It's like, all right, well, I guess I can't make sense of that because you're using gibberish on me now. Like, okay, I, 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 can, I can look at evidence. Well, and then you, you look at, so you take Christianity and Jesus, mm-hmm. and then you go back even further. And when I started researching this, and I'm like, well, nobody ever told us any of this. And how all of, like, Christianity and Jesus is all recycled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all all Egyptian folklore. December 25th. Mm -hmm. And the Virgin Mother. And John the Baptist. And Moses. All Uh of this 
It's all been told before by oh, yes. different people and yep. different. All of this, all of these stories have been told before. Yeah. Uh, Dana, well, like, I, I was. You so go back to, to my, you go back to ancient stomach. Egypt, and you've got like what was it Horus and Thoth, and yes. then you've got uh, yes. like a, it, the, the stories are exactly the same. The parting of the seas, the great floods, all of it, all of it is Egyptian folklore, and there's and stories. nobody ever wants to talk about. It. And then they're like, oh, well, Horus did this, and Horus was killing these. And, and God came down and well, killed all the firstborns, and God sent plagues. It's no different. It's all the same. God, if yeah. you really actually read the Bible, God is a monster. Oh, yeah. He's not a savior. Yeah. He He's the devil. He's yeah. a horrible, horrible person or being, yeah. whatever. And then, and then you look at the devil, and the devil's like, nah, I don't agree with a lot of that. I'm just going to go do my own thing down here. It's like, you know, honestly, sign me up for that because uh, I have a hard time believing that a God can be all good and all understanding when that same God created uh, child-born leukemia and mosquitoes and, like, kids starving to death. Where's this omnipotent, like, where is I... this... It, where is this ultra good God where all I, his I am, kids are suffering? Like, where unconditional is that God? love, but yeah. I'm going to give you an apple tree that you can't yeah. eat of. And the moment you eat of it, you're going to realize you're naked and you're going to be cursed from the land. Sure. And yeah. you are going to be forced to have babies yep. with your sister who I stole a rib from and you're yeah. all going to be born from incest. Yeah. And so, uh, but it, it wasn't, all right, now I might be wrong about this, but didn't Adam and Eve only have sons, but then they repop they populated the entire earth. So kids had to be going back to mom, like, well, babies. <laughs> so there, there's some gross stuff going on. I mean, there. God was constantly killing people's children. Yeah. How is that unconditional love? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. No, no but then, but then the, 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 the people that want to have faith can always argue and say, well, those souls chose that path to learn from the suffering that that path would give them and make them even stronger and make their reward even bigger in heaven. No. Right? No. Right? No? No. Oh. Okay. And then in heaven, like I just, I shared something on TikTok and of course people had something to say where the guy was like, so, if I'm gay and I'm going to hell, but my mother loves me unconditionally and she's going to heaven and we're not going to be reunited. So she's going to be in heaven, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be in hell. How yeah. is she going to have internal happiness as my mother? And I'm not going to be with her and she's going to know I'm in hell. How well, is because, she going to be happy? Because your corporeal mind on earth in trapped in this simplistic skull can't understand the contemplation of all of that. You, your mother will be able to understand it better when she's in heaven. Crack. Oh, shit, Dana. I know. See, I, I've, oh, shit. I've heard all the unarguable nonsense yeah. from people. Yeah, but like, it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's just bullshit. It's all it's, them just making shit up as they go along. It's crazy. And then, and then they say, like... Have you ever seen... There's a girl on YouTube. I wish I could show you the video where she argues that dinosaurs never existed 
and that they're just products of people's imagination. And she's like, well, they just pick up rocks and they just take a hammer and they carve these bone shapes out of the rocks. And they say that the dinosaurs were around. She's like, God never made dinosaurs. These, they didn't exist. I don't believe that they're real. I think that there's a big conspiracy. That's like, I know. Right. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? No, the earth is 6,000 years old and dinosaurs didn't exist. And, Cavemen weren't real. They're so, oh God. You see, I mean, this is why religion can be dangerous. I think, here's the thing. I think it was great. I thought, if St. Mary's School was around today, I would send my children in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It was a great place to go and learn morals and values. I have no problem my kids learning the stories of Jesus. As long as. I would send my kids there in 1980, but knowing the way things are now, mm-mm. nope, not the way mm. things are now. Look at I, look at look at the look at look how crazy religion has gotten. Like the internet has just cultivated. Well, I don't mean if it was like it is. I, it, yeah, no. If, if we had a time like, machine, oh, I, I wouldn't want my kids to come back and be like, "Oh, Jesus, this is uh, this man that was a god." Because I, you know, I've already told my kids, Jesus was not God; he was just a man. That's yeah. it. He was his a dude. name wasn't even Jesus. No, not <laughs> even was, a little bit. It was Yahshua, Yahshua Ben Hur. Yeah, yeah, not even close. Um, you know, I, I, but whatever. But the teachings of of the morals and values mm-hmm. are great. I think it's, and, I think it's great for kids, and and I think that could be a problem as to why. I think, you know. well, and that's, I think that's a little bit of I it. Mean, there could be so much good done from it because the yeah. stories, they're for a simple mind. Like the, 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 all these yes. fables that like, they're great for kids because they teach a lesson. It's a story. It's just like a little kid's book. Like yes. they, there's it's a this, fairy tale. This person had this situation and they learned to persevere and be a good person because of it. Oh, Good. Yes, that's Do a lesson I would love. As a child, yeah. like when they would talk about like him turning water to wine. Oh yeah. Did you actually believe that he turned water into wine, or did you even as a child know? Well, no. Yeah, in in like sixth grade, like I would that ask questions. True. Like I'm raising my hand. I'm like, did that? I'm like, they had a basket of fish and they had a a couple loaves of bread and that somehow fed everybody. Like, do you? I'm like, is this like a story that says like everybody gathered their stuff together and they shared and there was enough for everybody? Or do you want us to really believe that bread and fish just like exploded out of these baskets and fed everybody? Like, is it a story about sharing and coming together as a community? Or is it a story about magic baskets? Like, what are we, I'm like, what, which one of these are we going to go with? How'd that work out for you? It didn't go great. It didn't. It didn't. I made the nun cry and it was it was, was really it, sad was it that 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 librarian bitch yeah sister helen trez she Dress, got so oh, upset she was so mad at me in library because i said she passed out she, those fucking ditto sheets that she gave everybody during library class and i was like sheet i don't have a sister you know i got dyslexia or something right stuff comes out backwards she fucking gave me detention for that for saying because it backwards yeah, everybody started laughing, and she thought I, I don't. I never got in trouble in school ever. Uh-huh. Never. 
This bitch gave me detention for that because she yeah. thought I was saying shit. And I said, she, I don't have a sister. Uh, and even like there was like half the class was arguing with her. And right. then she gave, I don't remember who the other kid, she gave like two other kids detention because they were sticking up for me. Oh, it was the whole thing. I was yeah. pissed. I went home crying to my mother. I was so mad. I don't know oh. how many times I ended up in the office because I would I argue with dead. people. Would love. Oh, she, yeah, she died a long time ago. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I used to get in trouble out for so many things. I'm like, I'm like they, would, they would, remember when we were kids and that whole like Bloody Mary in the mirror thing was going on, like where like you go to a kid's sleepover and like, I dare you to go in the bathroom and show off the lights and look in the mirror and go Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And I'd be like, okay, so I'd do it. And they'd come back out like, what'd you see? I'm like, nothing. It's all make-believe. It's fine. Like, they're like, you're the devil. You get so mad at me because I wasn't scared of that stuff. Like, I remember I so badly wanted to believe in the afterlife and God and everything's going to be okay and this great reward for being a good person. I really desperately mm -hmm. wanted to believe that I was going to be rewarded after I die for being a good person. Like, mm -hmm. even if I don't get rewarded here, after I die, everything, uh, the, like, somebody sees it, they know that I'm being a good person. And man, I just, I can't wait. Like, I try so hard and I wanted to believe in it. And the older I got, the harder it was to believe because so many people made it sound insane. And the more years on this planet, like, I haven't seen a miracle and I see no evidence that magic and God and all of this even exists. Like I, I see these Natalie merchant commercials on TV with dogs suffering and like starving kids in Africa. And like, I see all this suffering and bombing and like people in the middle East blowing up and like the God wouldn't let that happen. Why? Like what these humans are doing this to each other. Nobody's stopping it. Like, there can't be an all-loving God just letting this happen. Well, and, and if there is an all-loving God, he's an asshole. Yeah. I don't want nothing to do with him. I'll try my hand with Lucifer. Right? Yeah. Because if and that's so God... Like, yeah. Like, if you're an all-knowing and all-loving God that knows the secrets to the universe... You can teach all these lessons that you want your children to learn without the suffering because you have omnipotent power. Like you, you well, can do anything. Like, and I always feel like every religious, like hardcore religious person I know mm -hmm. are the fucking worst people I've ever met on the planet. Hands down. I don't think yep. I've ever met one hardcore religious person that had a good soul ever. Yeah. Not, okay, not, that's not true. Mrs. Goreshi from Tyburn Academy. That bitch was a saint. She was she was the sweetest woman I've ever met. But I, you know what I mean? She wasn't like, you know, you're going to hell kind of religious person. She just loved Jesus. Right. Um, and, and how can there be so many different, like, ways of being like wait, ways of being a, a Roman Catholic or a Christian of anything, like any, any one of these Christians, like how, how are there so many ways to be that and believe so many different things and just like pick and hunt the little pieces that you want. And like, 
well, I don't really believe that that actually happened. Okay, but this other person sitting like three seats down from you in the same church does believe that that actually happened. Do you want to get into a discussion with them about how your belief is different from theirs and who's better and who's right? Because somebody's got to be right and somebody's got to be wrong. Because this is just crazy. And then you just got one man over in Rome. Yeah. That's running the whole damn thing. And then depending on the archdiocese and whatever bishops in charge, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got, I mean, what happened in, in the town that we're, uh, you know, from with the Catholic schools and those priests running the towns? Mm-hmm. Horrific, horrific what they did to those Catholic schools and how they treated those children. The yeah. stories I heard, when I heard that that last one was closing, I ran down there and heard some horror stories and the who happened to be the principal at the time I knew and I'm not going to explain the situation anymore just because I love the woman and she goes I go in the principal's office she goes go look in the closet like is there a body in there what the hell's in the closet okay I open the door and then there was that picture of the fucking big Wally the sister Walter ran she goes, it's Big Wally. She, oh, I, God. I almost died. Everybody Dude. hated that nun. She was the devil mm. with her big red afro and her snow white skin and her nurse shoes. Oh, and she was evil. But the priest is... that's running that, he was a son of a bitch. He was so <sighs> mean to children and the people in the community that praised that guy. I'm like, you know what? If there was ever a six foot tall ginger of a 70 year old woman that I was more afraid of, I can't like that woman. And that, that or I remember as a kid, like I didn't want to be any part of any of these religions because of how crappy I got treated. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't really fit in with a lot of the other kids at Catholic school. Like I think there wasn't any other weird kids like me in Blessed oh, Trinity. See, you like, missed us. We were a few years behind you. Like, everybody liked sports. Everybody watched the same TV shows. I didn't have anything to talk to anybody about. Like, I'm at home like watching, like, wrestling and the Discovery Channel. And I'm like, hey, you guys want to talk <laughs> about baboons? Because I just saw a show about them, and it was really cool. And everybody's like, you're insane. No. And I didn't have the cool '80s pants that everybody had with the elastic ankle cuffs and the cargo pockets. I had the Dickies, so everybody called me Bell Bottoms, and I was chubby, so everybody said that I had more rolls than Cameron's Bakery. And like I had glasses, and like every single thing that I could be picked on, I was picked on for and bullied. And like I'd go inside and like cry, and I'd talk to the the. I talked to Sister Walter Ann or whatever, and they'd be like, they they would just say, "Oh no, that that's a good child. He just he went to, uh, he talked to me the other day, and he's so sweet, and he helped me clean the eraser or whatever, and like he he was uh, he he went to confession, and he's the loudest one that sings the hymns in church, and that he didn't do that, and I'm like, well, he did, and it's terrible." Hi, Vera. How are you? And so, like, I just immediately, I'm like, all right, well, if somebody's good at religion, they can literally be the cruelest piece of garbage on the planet to everybody else. And as long as they're good at religion, then it doesn't matter. And I looked at that, and immediately I was like, 
well, that's garbage. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, and it translates to society too. Like that you can use the same philosophy for like a police officer. Now I, I'm not going to bash police officers because there's a lot of great police officers, but there's a mentality that goes along with it. Like as long as I do what I can, what I'm supposed to do as a cop, I can really be a piece of garbage human and everybody's going to praise me for it. Like I'm following these laws, but just basic morals. I don't have to follow. I don't have to be a good person because I've got the law on my side. Like people, like uh, people in business that uh, just because I have a really good lawyer, I can twist laws to take advantage of people and I can suck money from here and not pay taxes there. And it's like, you're Mm -hmm. robbing people. You're just using the law to do it. Like, you have enough resources where you're using the law to rob people. You have, had know enough about the law as an officer to take advantage of people and really hurt people and put people away. Like you're using religion as a crutch to really manipulate people and take advantage of people. And like, that's where I really like, I, 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 I think it was in middle school where I really started to pay attention to like what was under the surface of people. Like, you can have a person that looks really good on the surface. And after you look at some of their actions for a while, man, that just starts to get ugly. Like I call it the ick factor. Like when you see somebody do something that you're just like, how do you not understand that what you're doing is hurting people? Ick. And that as soon as that mm-hmm. ick sets in, I'm just like, mm, nope, that's not the kind of, that's not the kind of situation I can be involved with. Like somebody that wants me to like come hang out or go to a party with them, that like they've given me that ick. I'm like, mm, I don't have the energy to pretend like I think you're cool anymore. And I just can't, I'll just kind of do that Homer Simpson to a bush and just disappear. Like I'm like, Dana disappears now he's gone. It just, I got the ick. <laughs> yes. up. Sorry. That's, that, no, that's all I was gonna say on that. Yeah, but like, I mean, you go, you go through like the the whole thing with like <laughs> like religion, just in general. Like, uh, there's so many things I get passionate about because of it. Because it really, like, it screwed me up. It really did. Like, being raised Roman Catholic screwed me up, and. I, there was a really good opportunity to use it in a positive way to teach somebody something, and yeah. that's not that's not what people do with it. No, no, and I, and I think that's the scary part of it all, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. And one of the shows that I've wanted to do, um, there was another guy on TikTok who is gay and came out later in life, and he did all the youth groups mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I did. Like, as I was older, like, at the tail end of it, I kind of got sent to a few youth group things, and I was like, this is not it. Like, no. But I did realize I missed out because all the gay kids were in youth group. Right? All the gay boys were in youth group. Not theater camp? I would have had a lot more fun had I done a little more youth group things. But I just, I'm like, the whole friendship bracelet thing, the whole night, like, I was too busy. I was watching Melrose Place in second grade. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I was too busy watching Dallas Dynasty. I did not, I was not going to go make no friendship bracelets and sing Kumbaya. It -hmm. just was not, you know what I mean? I'm not that type of girl. Yeah. 
I'm not that like happy go lucky like ah. you know when Kelly calls and, me, she's like we uh, went and played tennis this morning and went hiking and then we went and swam laps. I'm like, bitch, fuck off. And I wish, and you know what? I would have gone along with any of that if it just meant that like I could feel like some kind of connection to somebody. Like I would have, I would have, I would have made the bracelets and sang the kumbayas and whatever as long as like I felt like I had like a friend that was there with me, and it just. I don't know. It's like everybody well, was just—they were cool. It's so it, it's so you and I kind of have very parallel paths, but I had that one friendship with you know. Do you, do you remember that movie Angus mm-hmm. with the fat kid, and then the yeah. the, the, the you know from uh, he was in American Pie. I can't think of what mm-hmm. his name was. I can't remember, okay. but, yeah. right. So that came out, I don't know, when I was in middle school or something. Everybody's like, oh, you and what's his face there? Angus. It was kind of true, though. Yeah. But our relationship really was so toxic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where now looking back on it, it was pretty lonely. You yeah. know? Um, I always felt alone. Yeah, all the time. And the worst part is, like, they don't—they don't teach kids to have any kind of emotional intelligence, and that's the hard pain thing that I—I I think I probably would have been able to make friends better if the other kids were taught, like, how to interact with people better. Like, I had to figure it out the hard way because I was on the receiving end of a lot of crap, but. I mean, the parents and the teachers, they never taught kids, like, you don't do things like that because this other person has feelings just like you, and you're hurting them. Like, when you get hurt, you know how that feels. You're doing that to them. That's why you don't do it. But that's not how kids are taught. Kids are always taught, like, you don't do it because you'll get in trouble, so don't get caught. So... Not because it's bad, not because you're hurting right. anybody. You don't do it because you're going to get in trouble. And it's like that's like the perfect analogy for religion. It's like it doesn't teach people to be good for the sake of being good. It teaches people to be good because of the fear of being punished and getting sent to hell or the reward of going to heaven and having this big reward. So you don't do good or you don't do bad things because you don't want to be punished. You don't do good things because you want a reward or you do good things because you want a reward. Nowhere in there is it like, no, you do good things for the sake of doing good things because it feels good to do good things. And because when you're good to somebody else, you give them a good feeling and you know how that feels. So think about how they would feel like none of it. I don't, I don't remember once all through school, anybody ever talking about thinking about how somebody else feels like everything was always you're getting punished or don't get punished. Don't do that. Like there was no depth to any of the reprimanding, like just garbage. Did you think about how other people felt? I'd had to, because I, like for me, it was like common sense. Like I felt so sad all the time that when I saw another kid getting picked on and I could see that look on their face, like it hit me. I felt just like how they felt. And I'm like, yeah. 
I can't let that happen. Like, I'd, and I would like stand up to people. Like if I saw some other kid on the bus getting bullied, like I would come right over and be like, no. And I would end up getting the crap kicked out of me because I wasn't <laughs> anybody yeah. that should be defending anybody else. But, like, <laughs> else. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then it, the worst part of it. Oh God. I remember this kid on the bus, he was getting picked on and I tried to help him and then I ended up getting bullied and I got knocked down on the ground and they were like pulling my hair and like walking on me. And I like look up and the kid that I tried to help was one of the kids that was kicking me because he thought it was funny that I was getting beat up instead of him. Like he was so scared of, he was so scared of getting bullied that he turned into the bully because he wanted to be on their side so that it wouldn't be him getting bullied again. And I just like went home crying, like it just filthy and like shoe prints on me. And it's like, and that kid that I tried to help was one of the kids that was beaten on me because like, and I, I thought about it and I was just like, he was scared. He just didn't like, he's like, obviously like I wasn't able to protect him. I couldn't do anything. And I didn't look very cool trying to do what I was going to do. And I, that was like, it was survival mechanism. Like he turned on me because it was his only choice. Like what, this is the kids that are like, these are kids that are our age now and still haven't learned any better. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to make of that. So, I sent you an article earlier, yeah. and I wanted to talk about that before it's too late, too, because I thought it was really interesting. It was called The Bicambrial Mind, um, and I think that is a good explanation for where God even came from, like this mysterious voice that gives you commands to do the right thing. Um, the way the theory uh, kind of works is that human consciousness hasn't always worked in our minds the way it does today. Um, the way our inner dialogue, like in my head, I can say, okay, I'm going to go make some breakfast, going to go get some cereal, put down the bowl here, put cereal in the bowl. Blah, blah, blah. Like I know that that's me talking to me in my head. It's my voice. It's my dialogue. And I'm just narrating what I'm doing. Like that's normal to us. But the way this theory works is that, before language was as pervasive and before the, everybody could read and write and before like there was a lot of like real uh, in-depth like uh, social interaction, um, people didn't really have this inner dialogue and there was still kind of a separation between the hemispheres of the brain. Um, the, the definition of bicambrial mind basically translates to uh, two houses, I believe. Basically, there's like there's a separation between the left and right hemisphere, and they didn't play together as nicely as they do now. Um, so when like the logical portion of your brain that understands language had an idea and you basically said something in your head, the other side of your mind was basically hearing it like a, a stranger's voice, like the voice of God. Like, so when, creepy. So, like, when you had this thought, like, and you see, like, a field full of corn, and you're like, you should go pick the corn. All of a sudden, you're like, what was that? I should go pick the (laughs) corn. Okay, I'm going to go pick the corn. But God said to pick the corn, and now God is good. So, 
and th th this comes from a lot of like deciphering like Mesopotamian text and stuff. So basically, like the modern way of thinking has evolved over the past like three thousand years or so, and before that, um, there was people and the way they perceived their inner dialogue was the voice of God because they didn't realize that it was themselves actually saying that to themselves. There was like this separation in the brain. So if you read some of the texts like from ancient Mesopotamia, like they couldn't internalize like their emotions. Like, you know how like when we're scared, I can identify that I'm scared. Like, holy crap, I'm scared. I got the chills. My hair's standing up. My stomach's upset because I'm scared. But back then they, they would describe just the physical sensations. They'd be like, and then the situation arose and the, all of a sudden his bowels boiled and his hands sweat and his, and like they would describe all these physical sensations, but they would never actually say, and he was scared or, and he was angry. And like, they would just say like, and then the fury of God came down in his fists and like, like they couldn't like put together the pieces of their minds yet. Like they're, they, they were describing, the right. They were describing their actions. They were describing the physical reactions to these emotions and these feelings, but it was like, they just couldn't put a word to it. And with that, inner dialogue it's like yeah you could you could very easily see that being interpreted as spirits or demons or the voice of god or like somebody possessing somebody because there was a disconnect there there our brains weren't functionally wired the same way they are now for us to internalize this stuff and make sense of it so yeah at the time god and demons and angels and the magic of the universe and all this lack of fundamental understanding, it made sense at that point in our evolution. I don't know how people can still believe that stuff. It's depressing. It's wild. But reading that, I didn't get to finish that whole article because you had just mm -hmm. sent it, but it was fascinating and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then how they said how the studies after the guy died in 97 had you know jumped so much yep and the theory some of the theories that he presented yep. were totally accurate about how the yep. brain and i was like and there's a lot like there's a lot of people that think that they've debunked it but it's more along the lines of aspects of it aren't fully like understood yet now kind of right. like if you look at like the like the theory like string theory like mathematically it's not perfect and we're finding things that are wrong with it and they tweak it but it's more like the whole theory isn't wrong just because this one little piece of it doesn't line up right like everything yeah. still makes a lot of sense even though this little piece isn't quite accurate and this little piece over here doesn't quite make sense like that still needs to be like kind of sussed out and like worked on but i think a lot of it seems pretty good you have to look at it. To me, it makes sense as evolution, right? Like, you have to think mm -hmm. our brains evolved. I mean, you look yep. at now, um, like, compared to 30 years ago, sure, babies are holding their head sooner. Babies mm -hmm. are doing things physically faster than when we were babies. Mm -hmm. That's evolution. 
physical evolution. Yep. You know what I mean? We're seeing it in our lifetime where babies are doing things quicker than when we were born. So it's it, it, to me, it's just common sense that minds also have evolved over thousands of years and that people 3,000 years ago would not have had the brain capacity to think the way that we think today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just makes I mean, sense. and it's, I think a part of it was described as like the difference between like um, a mechanical calculator, you know, like the old ones you'd see on the desk, yes. so like a 1950s office worker where they pull the lever and it calculates everything and shoots out the tape. Like that is kind of like how, like we were relying on the mechanical part of our brain for so long. And now that language has been such a part of our culture and written word and whatnot, like our brains have evolved. Like it's almost like an operating system now on top of it. Like, yeah, we had the computer and it worked okay before, but now we've got the software that really helps us work a lot more efficiently. Like it's really come a long way. Like we're on like Android (laughs) 3.5. We're not using floppy disks no more kids. No. So I thought that was kind of a neat way to kind of explain religion, but um, yeah, I mean, where do where do you where do you feel like religion leaves you now? Like, how do you how is it a part of your life? It's there. No, but I mean, like, it, well, that's what I mean. It's like how after having gone through the whole gambit of everything as you've grown up, like. How I shouldn't is say that? that it's not. Because yeah, when shit hits the fan, when shit hits the fan, I'm like, God, please. You know what I mean? I'm still praying to whatever's out. You know what I mean? And it's not that I'm thinking of it in the terms of like Catholic God or whatever. You know what I mean? Like whether it be the universe, whatever, you know, it, it's just putting out there like, please, dear God, you know, um, Whatever, if somebody's listening, if something's out there, like, Mm -hmm. give me the strength to get through whatever it is I'm going through, you know? Yeah. Um, But honestly, like, besides that, I don't, unless we're talking about religion, I don't think about it. I don't think about God. I don't think about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, I really put it to bed a long time ago. Um. And I, I actually feel guilty, though, because I realize I don't, you know what I mean? My kids, and I, I'll be like, something, I, they, for whatever, I don't even know how it started. And it started actually with my daycare kids and one of my, I think, my foster grandson, where they said they were talking, it was Anna, it was Kelly's daughter. Okay. And they were talking in the backseat of my car one day, and they said something about Jesus. And there was like, oh, Jeffrey's Jesus. And it's like carried through all these kids. And I'm like, I don't know where that, I've never said that I was Jesus, but they, for whatever reason, they're like, you're Jesus. And I'm like, I, I don't. So it's like some, and they think it's the funniest thing to say, but they don't understand the context of, you know what I mean? They do not yeah. get anything about it. So I'm like, please dear God, stop saying that in front of people. Like, it, no. <laughs> so yeah. In my house, I am Jesus. Like, finally, somebody recognizes me for the greatness that I really am. My kids think it's hilarious. Like, I I try to tell, like, the Bible's a 
a story of it's like a book of stories of a lot of things that are meant to teach you lessons and um like the i don't know some people believe it happened some people it didn't and we were over a, i was over at a friend's house and there was a they had a bottle of it was a, a soap bottle like a soap dispenser and on the side of the soap dispenser it, it said uh wash your hands because jesus and germs are everywhere <laughs> And my kids read that, and they're like, that's the funniest thing I've ever read. And they're like, they're just walking around saying it, like, Jesus and germs are everywhere. <laughs> like, I couldn't have been more proud. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Dana, we made it. We did. We have successfully uh, crossed to the end of episode something of the Dana show where I rant about random things that I think about. And this time I got to do it with my amigo. Hooray. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm glad that you were here too, because apparently my microphone was doing terrible things and you helped me. You helped me greatly. I got to figure out what that was all about. I just need a new one. I think somebody sabotaging it. No, I was, well, I mean, you know, it's not an expensive one. Whatever. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, buddy. I got a jet. All right, homie. Real. See you next Monday. Yay. Talk to you later. Goodbye, Bye. everybody out there. Boop. Boop. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.